Chapter 5. Making the right choices. Every choice we make is a consequence. So how we choose to use our money can have positive or negative results. Deuteronomy chapter 30 brings our life down to basic choices. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. Deuteronomy 13 verse 19. It talks about blessing and cursing, and it brings it right back to choices. God doesn't choose it for you. You make the choice. You choose whether money will bless or damage your life. Where do you choose to invest? Everything you spend is an investment. Everything. When you give into a church offering, it is an investment. Many of you are probably huge investors into the McDonald's company. And what have you got to show for it? Many in our congregation have been huge investors into our new church facility, which is a place where many more will come and experience the blessing of God. Where we invest determines whether or not our money is effective. One of the great stories Jesus told about the kingdom of heaven is in Matthew chapter 25. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man travelling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them, and made another five talents. Matthew 25, verses 14 to 16. The one with the five talents increased his amount, and so did the one with two talents. Both were praised and rewarded for their investments. But the one who did nothing but hid his talent in the ground was rebuked. Therefore, take the talent from him, and give it to him who has ten talents. For everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Matthew 25, verses 28-29 Now, why did Jesus say this? It seems a little harsh that when someone has nothing, what they have gets taken away. It was the same principle at work when the prodigal son ended up feeding the pigs. He had nothing and nobody gave him anything. The reason is that money is far more powerful in the hands of someone who knows how to invest it wisely than in the hands of someone who tries to hold on to what they've got. Those with the five and two talents doubled what they received. They invested wisely and were rewarded for their efforts with a promise of greater influence and joy. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Matthew 25 Verses 21-23 If you want money to be a blessing in your life, you need to know the power of building a great and wise investment, be it spiritual or natural. Every decision you make with your money is an investment. What do you choose to pursue? When we first read about the prodigal son, he was saying, Give me! 
But after a life of poverty based on his poor choices, he came to a point where he ended up saying, Make me! He went from pursuing the temptations of the world to pursuing good character, a relationship with his father, and the things that really count. In the same way, if you have made poor choices in your life, you can turn to God the Father and be received in the same way. Many people work so hard. They sacrifice their families. They strive for their dream. It is such pursuits that make money a curse. According to James 1 verse 11, the curse of the rich man that caused him to fade is not his wealth, but incorrect pursuits. Self-centered pursuits focus on, give me! When the prodigal son began to say, make me, he changed character. Our attitude to God should be, make me your servant. If you approach your life with that spirit, the way you approach your finances will change as well. And generosity is an outward focus that will always be a blessing. What do you choose to treasure? The Gospel of Mark tells the story of the woman who had some very expensive perfume. The value of that perfume was almost one year's wages. Put that in perspective in your own life and you'll see it was a lot of money. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper as he sat at the table... A woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. Mark 14 verses 3 to 5. She didn't hoard it or keep it to herself. One year's wage is a lot of money. But this woman wasn't looking at the value of the perfume. She was considering the value of her saviour, Jesus. Evidently, her deed drew a lot of criticism and offence. The irony of it is that her critics claimed that the perfume could have been used to help the poor. People are the same today. Don't allow the world's thinking and value system to rule you. and Don't be swayed by their criticism or judgment. The kingdom is the greatest investment you can make. Always choose to put God first. Choices about when you spend. People with a generous spirit are givers no matter what their circumstances. Giving is a lifestyle, but spending is different. It is seasonal. Learning to use biblical principles and becoming a wise steward of your finances is as simple as this. Don't spend what you don't have. One of the worst pressures is money stress and having things that overburden you in your finances. The Bible has a lot to say about debt. It says, Owe no one anything, Romans 13.8. It doesn't say you can't use resources that are available. To owe no one anything doesn't mean you cannot have a mortgage. It just means you shouldn't have debts you cannot pay. Another scripture says, The rich rules over the poor. And the borrower is the servant to the lender. Proverbs 27 verse 7. There is a big difference between being the borrower or being the lender. If you are loaned a car for six months, that's wonderful. But surely it is a more powerful position to be the lender, not the borrower. In 1984, we could have tried to build our church, building on borrowed money. But because we didn't have it, we didn't spend it. 
I don't believe the church was ever called to be a borrower. The Lord has been faithful in providing and meeting our needs so that we don't have to go into debt. When we were given notice from the warehouse building we had been using for church services, we needed a place to house our growing staff and hold church on Sundays. We were able to hire the municipal theatre for Sunday services at a reasonable rate. But God miraculously provided 20,000 square feet of prime commercial property in the heart of the Castle Hill Business District for $1 a year. I was able to pay the rent all by myself. We were given this deal on a month-to-month basis on the understanding that they would be tearing it down to build a shopping centre in the foreseeable future. Three months became six months and 12 months became two years. Two years became five years and we were able to build construction on our own new building on a prime piece of land. One of the reasons we were able to do this was because of this miraculous deal that required only $1 a year. Six years after we moved into the hub, as we called it, We received a letter stating that we would need to vacate the premises on June 30th so they could proceed with construction of the new shopping centre. We rejoiced in God's favour because we were due to be handed the keys to our own brand new church building in Norwest, the present site of our church complex, on that very day, June 30th. We walked out of the hub on June 30th, 1997 and into our brand new building, Those six years enabled us to continue the work of the Lord free of financial debt and purchase our own beautiful facilities. The enemy loves to contain us by getting us stressed and pressured about money. People may find themselves under this pile of pressure, but until they realise this is not God's will for them, they'll never make the right decision that will get them out of their mess. Don't be like the person who attempts to pay their MasterCard with their Visa and then pays their visa with their Amex. Whatever state your finances are in right now, decide to change them by simply using godly wisdom on when to spend. Lift yourself up and begin to see yourself according to the word of God, above and not beneath, the head and not the tail. If you change the decisions you make and the way you invest, you will become a lender rather than a borrower. You choose whether money is a blessing or a curse in your life. Choose correctly. Establish the principles. Live in dominion and be the blessing you are called to be.